are we recording? <laughs> Wait, is this thing on? Seriously. Am I recording? <laughs> You're listening to Let's Get Into It, a podcast designed to help you in your life and in your business. My name is Bree Marie, and I'm your host. You might have stumbled upon my blog, livingbreely.com, or taken one of my online courses, or maybe you're just learning about my work for the first time. As a business strategist, course creator, and a seasoned blogger, I've had the opportunity to sit down with number one best-selling authors, world-class experts, coaches, healers, and other online entrepreneurs who are super excited to share with you their stories, learning lessons they've had along the way, and how they continue to strive on making an impact in our world. Each week, I want to bring you two episodes full of tangible and actionable steps to inspire you to have an impactful, sustainable, and purpose-driven life and business. So let's get into it. Happy Friday. You know, I really actually not happy Friday. I don't know. I'm a really big. What am I trying to say? Okay, first of all, I shouldn't say the days or the dates because you guys could be listening to this at any like you could be listening to this on a Wednesday and I wouldn't know. But today, the day that this is being released is a Friday. I'm recording it on a Monday. Do you see how like time is weird? (laughs) Um, and I also think that, like, we shouldn't be celebrating Fridays. Like, I'm totally into that whole thing uh, that Gary Vee says, like, if you're celebrating, like, Fridays, like, your shit is broken. Like, I love Mondays. Mondays are my favorite. Fridays, I'm like, you know, I still work on the weekends, like very little, like I'll maybe do like an hour here, two hours there. Sundays, I usually spend about four hours like planning my week and like getting everything set up and looking at my schedule and like, yeah, I mean, everyone's a little bit different, but like I don't celebrate like I think we should say like happy Wednesday, happy Tuesday, like every day can be a happy whatever day it is. I'm rambling and I digress. (laughs) I digress. Um, I had an econ teacher who used to say I digress all the time and I didn't know what that meant. And I was like, what is that? And then I Googled it and I was like, I'm going to start saying that because it sounds so smart. Um, (laughs) How do you guys listen to me? Why are you my friends? Okay. Anyway, I said this last episode, last episode 63, I talked about the Brene Brown special on Netflix called A Courage. I'm going to shout it out one more time. It's available on Netflix. If you don't have Netflix, get Netflix just so you can watch this. Seriously, I'm not even kidding. I need to watch it about 10 more times because I don't trust myself that I actually retained everything that is in it. I'm reading, um, what's the book? Raising Strong. Is that what it's called? Hold on, I have it here. rising strong oops rising strong I am um on page 14 and I've already highlighted like 75 things 
it is so good the way she talks the way she writes I'm like wait what like everything makes sense but I like need to read it 17 times in order to retain it so yeah I think the episode (laughs) the episode the special is really good I was sitting there like in awe of this woman I felt so proud of her I was like clapping and yelling like, you know, dudes watching the Super Bowl, but uh, like the semifinals. But I was like, yes, you go, girl. Like I loved I loved the episode and I don't even know Brene Brown, but I felt like I, I feel like I know her. And I just like felt really proud of her for like changing the game. Like Netflix always does like comedy specials and like all of these things. And I know they did a documentary with Tony Robbins, but whatever. But like, I think having content like that on a, such a huge platform is huge. And like, no one is talking about that. And it, I think that needs to be celebrated. Like, not only was the content of the special so amazing, but also just like she's changing it up. And yeah, I just felt so I would like love to see some like what is Oprah's Super Soul Sunday talks or whatever on there, too. Like (laughs) there's so many opportunities now. She really opened the doors. It's amazing. I don't think I need to sell it to you anymore. It's amazing. She's amazing. I'm not even selling it. I'm just letting you guys know that it's amazing. Um... Okay, so I received a few DMs this week um, that were, they were pretty good, some pretty good questions. And they actually like came up for me, like these questions. I was like, oh, should I do a, a Q&A thing again, like an Ask Bree segment? And then, of course, the universe showed me the answer and I was like, it came up and I was like, oh, okay, definitely need to do the answer. Um So I did respond to these like in the person's DMs, but I also wanted to tell you guys what the questions and my answers were. I'm not going to say the name or the handle of the person who asked this because she did want it to be anonymous, which is totally cool. I'm fine with that. I'm just grateful that she gave me the opportunity to answer (laughs) the question. Um, So she sent me this question. I asked her if it was okay if I put it in the episode, but I didn't put her name. So... Yeah, so she wrote, Hey Brie, I've been following you following your blog since you were writing about meditation and anxiety, and I've seen your transition into more online business content. I have a question and I hope this isn't too weird of a question or personal of a question. But when you started your blog and business, how did you explain to your family what you do or what you were doing? I don't think my family gets how hard I work and it really upsets me and is making me resentful towards them. Okay. Um, so there were some other things in the message and I'm not going to read the rest of it because it's, you know, like per personal examples. But what I can say is family stuff as an entrepreneur, it's, it's messy. Like unless you come from a family of entrepreneurs or they're also working in the same space as you, what we do as online entrepreneurs doesn't make sense to them. And it's hard enough, you know, you sometimes get hate comments or mean emails and then you have to go to Thanksgiving dinner where your uncle Bob like makes these passive aggressive comments like not all of us get to work from home in our pajamas or like my personal favorite is like when they're like, well, you get to make your own hours slash schedule. (laughs) Like, yikes, 
Yikes. If you think being an entrepreneur is just about making your own schedule and wearing yoga pants. Yikes. 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 So here's the thing. It's not your family's job to understand what you do. And it's not your responsibility to make them understand what you do. Your job is to show up for the people that need the work that you're putting out into the world and the rest is just noise. And I know that can be really, really hard. Like it's totally one of those things that's just easier said than done. Um, I remember telling my 80 year old grandparents what I do and I kind of talked it out with my mom first because I was like, how do I explain this to them? And she said, you know, just as simple as possible. You know, because grandparents, like, okay, I'm fortunate enough my grandparents are, like, tech-savvy enough to, like, be on the, they call it the Facebook. Um, So I literally said, I teach people things on the internet and they pay me money. It sounds so sketchy. Like, I would never say that to anyone else but an 80-year-old who, like, barely understands email. (laughs) But, like, I'm not going to go into, like, click funnels and email marketing and MailChimp and online course and ads and organic growth and marketing, blah, 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 blah. Like, you just don't. You don't. You don't need to get into the minutia or the idiosyncrasies of, like, what you do and how hard it is. And also, if you feel like you have to prove to your family how hard you're working. I feel like there's something else a little bit deeper going on there, but we're not going to get into that. So you don't, you have to realize that not everyone is going to be your cheerleader. The people who used to support you, they aren't going to, and you can still be successful without them standing on the sidelines and supporting you. So, and I think Brene Brown said this in a talk that I listened to, to listen to of her one time is and this isn't verbatim but she basically said something along the lines of like if you're truly out there fulfilling what you want to do and doing this doing the work and quote being in the arena as she always says it's inevitable to not disappoint people you are going to disappoint people they're going to be confused they're going to be scared for you and remember they're your family they want to protect you they want to love you. They don't want to see you, you know, take these risks that aren't 100%, you know, fail proof. So they're going to be confused. They're going to be mad. They want what's safe and comfortable for you. And those are two things that entrepreneurship is not. So you have to remember people only act from one of two places, fear or love. So be patient. Try to empathize from where they're coming from and just handle it one situation at a time. Keep working, keep serving, keep showing up and everything else is just noise. So that would be my my answer to that question. Thank you so much. Okay, question numero dos. I'm really, being Hispanic, I have the worst, like, Spanish skills ever. Okay, so I'm kind of going to jumble. There was, like, four or five DMs that were, like, one, like, the same thing, like, just one long question. So I'm kind of, kind of blend them together. Um, This is probably something that I see people asking, not only myself, but like other online business strategists, strategists as well, um, is niche or niche. How do I pick a niche? Can I change my niche? What happens if I don't like my niche anymore? When can I change my niche? 
first of all, as my friend Kellyanne Gorman says, she was on the podcast a couple episodes ago. Shout out her podcast, Happy Work po- Workaholic Podcast, which I was on. Um, she always says there's no rules here. And I fucking love that. There are no fucking rules. I mean, there are rules like pay the t- pay your taxes, like all of that. Right. Like, you know, get a contract, abide by that contract. But I will never say that there's a lot of rules in the online space like traditional business is out. This isn't a brick and mortar type of situation anymore, unless you're like literally a brick and mortar business. But I'm assuming a majority of the people who are asking me these questions are online coaches or healers. And I'll tell you some of the guidelines or at least what I tell my clients. So the first things first is I always break up the year into four quarters. Most traditional businesses do do this, and this just works really well for me. You don't have to do this. You don't even have to say January 1st is the quarter and the quarter ends on April. Like you don't have to do the whole thing. But I break down quarters into 90 day increments. So you could literally start like your Q1 could be today, whatever today's date is, and you can adjust it however you want. Um, But I always say give something at least 90 days to see if it sticks. And this goes for anything, marketing, campaigns, ads, a new niche, new project, new course. But like, I know I'm not going to get into all of that, but I always break everything down into 90 day cycles. So choosing a niche is a niche, niche, however you want to say it. People, whenever I say niche, then they go, it's niche. And whenever I say niche, they go, it's niche. So I can't make everyone happy. Okay, I'm doing the best that I can. But choosing a niche niche is easy. What are you good at? What problems can you solve for people? And just do that over and over and over again. So I always advise to pick one niche and then think of it like an umbrella. Or I guess a tree would be a better example where you have all of these other subtopics or like leaves to talk about. So I think it gets a little messy if you start out by, by saying you're a health coach and then you start talking about like email marketing and click funnels and drop shipping. Like people will be like, what? So people know, need to know who they can go to for answers about a specific problem. If you're a sex coach and you're talking about protein, like what? Like unless you're a health coach, like a sex coach who helps people get healthy so they can have better sex. Like you do you see what I'm going like. I've gotten this question so much like, well, I can talk about a lot of different things. Like, no, Becky, you can't. You need to be aware of your scope. I don't sit here and talk to you guys about dating. I bring in experts to talk to you about dating. So Marie Forleo isn't telling you how to make a meal plan for the keto diet. Gary Vee isn't telling you how to build up your triceps. Like, do you see what I'm getting here? Like, you can have a lot of knowledge about a particular subject, but that doesn't mean that you need to include that in your niche. And it also doesn't mean that you can never talk about those things in your content. Like, I've seen Marie Forleo do recipes and stuff, but I don't go to Marie Forleo and say, Marie, I need you to teach me how to make your green smoothie in the morning. Like, no, I go to Marie Forleo because she knows her business stuff. And that's what the type of content that I go to her for. I go to Gary Vee because he motivates the fuck out of me. I don't go to Gary Vee to learn how to build muscles. So 80% of your content that you're putting out there on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, YouTube, etc. needs to be directly related to your niche or your niche. The other 20% can go on your stories where you show what you're eating or how you're working out because that's based on personal experiences and lifestyle. And that can be that connector where that you use to connect to your audience. 
And it, but it's not your niche or your niche. It's not the problem that you're solving for the world. So to summarize, pick a niche or niche where you feel like you have the knowledge to solve someone's problem within that niche or niche. Um, 80% of your content should be geared towards the problem that you're solving. The other 20% can be that connector What through you know your Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, stories, and give it 90 days. If uh, give it a quarter, have a plan of how you're actually going to like execute your niche or your niche through whether that's one on one coaching, whether that's through courses and give it 90 days to really sink hold and no, try to like be jumping all over the place where you're like a weight loss coach. And then all of a sudden you're a business coach. And then all of a sudden you're like back to like, you know, uh, what's that um, freaking like a keto coach or like something different like Stay within your realm. You can always change the titles. Like, don't get hang up, hung up on titles. But make sure that your niche or niche is something that is solving a problem for someone else. All right. Those were, well, like, the niche question was, like, a ran, like four other questions basically combined into one long question. But that was the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I'd love to hear from you. You can always find me on Instagram at livingbreely. And I will see you guys next week for a new interview. All right. Be kind, be well, be grateful. Love you. Mean it. Bye. One more thing. If you love this episode, I'd love to hear from you. Head over to my Instagram and tag me at livingbreely with you listening to this episode. I'd love to hear from you, see you, connect with you, and know which episodes and interviews you're finding valuable. For any courses, freebies, or blog posts mentioned in this episode, you can head over to livingbreely.com or check out the show notes below.